The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. And right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. All right, welcome in Busted Open Nation, or another weekend edition of Busted Open Radio. I'm your weekend host, Ryan McKinnell. That is the WWE Hall of Famer, Mark Henry, across That's the way. Right. And Mark, we have a great best of podcast edition queued up for our Busted Open Nation today on the show, including two great chats with two of the stars last night from a very eventful SmackDown on Fox. We got Mojo Rawley and Elias stopping by the show for our listeners. Man, I was so entertained by Mojo. Uh, he stays <laughs> hype. He, he, knows his, he knows what he's doing and I look forward to seeing him get more shine uh, here in the weeks to come as well as Elias as well. And we check in with both of them, get their thoughts on what the vibe was like in Orlando at the Performance Center, which of course was centered around a completely fanless episode of SmackDown. It was one for the memory books. The question would be though, Mark, is it going to get our award for weekly winner as we do every week on the show? I guess the listeners are gonna have to click that play button and find out, yeah? Well, they're going to have to click the play button so they can find out. But, you know, also in the conversation that we had with Elias, we talk about Triple H, who was a shining light on the show <laughs> and did so much to entertain. And, and just the comedy, just the, uh, the whole entertainment value that we got out of that was so amazing. And I'm looking forward to having everybody tune in and understand what the process went through with the weekly winner that we put through. And we explained it as good as it's been explained in a long time. So I'm looking forward to weekly winner. That's absolutely right. This is Busted Open Radio on a Saturday. Click that play button, sit back, relax, forget about the troubles of the world, and let us entertain you because we love doing it. Let's go, Mark Henry, because why? That's what we do, baby. Let's go. How about we join up with the man himself, the one and only Mojo Rowley, the most hype man at WWE. What's up, Mojo? Welcome in here on a Saturday on Busted Open. There we go, baby. Get high, Mojo's <laughs> on the show, man. Let's rock. Hey, man, we <clears throat> we could cancel the show. We can cancel the world right now. We got the, <laughs> we got Mojo, man. It's hype. This dude right Come here on, is play, one, boy. Of my, one of my favorite people <laughs> in the world. I'm going to tell you a quick story. Let's We're go. in Saudi Arabia, and Mojo and I are in the desert on little ATVs, <laughs> spitting sand everywhere. And then all of a sudden, he goes, hey, man, what you want to hear? And I go, what you mean? He's like, this is not just a backpack. 
this is a hype backpack. And then he started playing music. It has speakers in it. We're in the <laughs> desert jamming, having a ball. That dude right there stays hype. I was, know, gonna say, I was just saying, I was just saying, Mojo. I was say, Mojo. That sounds, that sounds like you're living the gimmick right there. That's what, that's what that sounds like. Ain't no gimmick, baby. That's life. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. Uh, before we – hey, listen, uh, we, we're, we're hyped to have you. We, truly, we are excited to have you here, man. We appreciate you, especially on a Saturday morning and, and coming off last night. Listen, we will get to Rob Gronkowski because, uh, obviously, there's a lot to go into with him. But, man, I just want to get your, your thoughts and your feelings on last night. First of all, I hope Michael Cole's okay because you, you damn near beat the hell out of him there when you were leaving the show. But, <laughs> no, man, the, the vibe, the vibe man the vibe I mean you returned to the performance center I would imagine it's been a while it was your home at one point and you returned to do Smackdown live in front of no fans man I mean it was a it was a great show first of all so tip of the cap to everyone involved but but for you man what was it like kind of going into that scene the the lead up the day of yesterday what what were the emotions and what were the feelings around that show well first of all I gotta tell you so I'm always I'm always at the performance center. I'm there every single off day because I live in Orlando. I train oh, okay. with their, uh, their head strength coach Sean Hayes there, um, and we we get after. But I will tell you what, dude, I uh, I don't go on vacations too often, but I had just landed in the Bahamas. Turned my phone on. I was going to do a few days actually with Gronk's brothers, a few of uh, a few of his brothers. I landed in the Bahamas. I turned my phone on. The first text is from WWE. Hey, can we uh, can we get you on SmackDown tomorrow to come in and, and talk about everything that's going on? And I looked around, saw the beach, and I was like, "Yep, I'll be on the first flight back." <laughs> right back, dude. It was nuts. But uh, I'll tell you what, it was insane. I was I was pretty excited about it because you know being at the performance center, having a show. You know, with with no fans there, I mean that's that's what we do. That's what WWE is about. That's how we we gauge all of our matches and feed right. off of the crowd. Like to not to not have that there, I was so curious and intrigued to see what it was going to be like. And then not only that, like I said, I'm, I'm there training every off day, so I just wanted to see how they would transform the building and you know which rooms are going to be the locker rooms and where you know, where catering was going to be in the meeting rooms and where people were going to be getting ready. I mean, it was, it was wild, man. And it was, there was really no people in there. I mean, when SmackDown started yesterday, I think at any given point you could see maybe one other person in whatever room you're, you were in because the performance center is huge. And we didn't have that many guys on the show yesterday. So it was like a ghost town back there. I was wondering where <laughs> – People kept popping out to go into Gorilla and go do their segments, man. It was crazy. All right, check this out, Mojo. I, I want to know this. Uh, I'm not going to talk about uh, what happened in the arena and none of that. I, I want to talk about your personal feeling of going back to the Performance Center and being the guy that, that came from there, from the developmental and – you were able to now make a living for yourself to get out and have an identity as Mojo. And you've done multiple things already and have a, the potential in the future to do a lot more things, uh, especially now that you're going to be in, you're going to be the hype man and uh, you're going to be the guy that's going to be helping introduce your boy to this world. 
Uh, how did it feel, man, getting back in there and being at the place where you started? I, man, it was it was really exciting. But to be honest with you, it to me, it was really cool to see everything that was going on. But it really didn't feel that much different, man. Because like a lot of guys, when they when they get called up to to Raw or SmackDown, they they move out of Orlando and they kind of never show face in the Performance Center again. But since I'm I'm there every off day, like it, you know, it just felt like I was still home, like I never left, kind of thing. It was just. You know, there wasn't even really nostalgia because it's just kind of everyday business as usual. Again, it was cool to see everything, and it was awesome to see everything come full circle um, as far as, you know, building this performance center and seeing a, a SmackDown, you know, live live on TV from it. I remember when they first built the place, they said uh, way back when, you know, this place has the capability to host live television and everyone right. kind of was like oh that's cool but they shrugged it off no one thought <laughs> it would actually happen and if they did they thought for sure it would be for nxt certainly not raw or smackdown but now fast forward and you know we're the only live entertainment segment going on you know all sports leagues have been canceled everything's been postponed right. but not the wwe we're the only thing that's still trucking and still giving the fans something to get excited and uh you know, just, just hyped up for, especially given everything that's going on in the world right now, really helped the distraction. So it was kind of an honor to be uh, one of the few. Do that you, was do out you there feel a sense there. of pride, Mojo, that, that we are that, that you are a part of something that's bigger than the world right now, bigger than anything going on in the world, whether it's entertainment, whether it's sports, whether it's business. You know, there are big-time industries that have shut down. And you are still out there rolling. Do you feel a sense of pride? Hell yeah. Absolutely. I was talking with uh, Roman about that yesterday, yesterday, actually. I mean, how can you not? I mean, everything that's going on and just the gravity of, of, of what's happening to everyone on a daily basis and how upset and miserable and sad everyone is, it's like such an honor to be one of the few and to work for a company that refuses to, you know, I don't, I don't want to say everyone else has given up, but you know how this company is. WWE, we're, we're going to find a way. We're going to find yeah. a way to make these shows happen. And, you know, we have an awesome team that put every, everyone will put their heads together and, and devise a plan. And, I mean, I think, I think this works. And I think there's so many people that were watching just to see how this was going to go down, to see, hey, is this going to be a train wreck or are they going to be on to something new here? And, you know, with everything going on, we might be there for a while. I don't I don't know. Nobody knows what's going to happen next week. Right. You know, as far as this week, it was a really cool opportunity. So that's why, you know, like I said, I, I had just landed in the Bahamas, had a whole vacation <laughs> set up, bought, paid for everything. I was like, hell yeah, I'll come right back. This is going to be cool, man. Like, this is, this is going to be one for the record books. This is going to be something people remember. So forget a vacation. I'm on the first flight back once I know where I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> here with the most, here with the most hype man in WWE, Mojo Rowley. Mojo, I uh, again, I can't commend you guys enough for the job you did last night. The pressures, uh, you know, surrounding that show. The I would imagine the awkwardness of the day, kind of like you said, you t- you had that conversation with Roman. Uh, the responsibility you guys felt. What was the vibe like uh, um, amongst your colleagues last night heading into this event? Because I, 
I would imagine on some level, yes. I mean, you're doing what you guys have always done. It's it's nothing new, but at the same sense, it is something new, and there is a bit of pressure. So I am curious to, to kind of hear what it was like leading up to the show last night. I mean, everybody just – I felt like a lot of people did not know what was going on. Everybody was kind of looking around like – how is this going to work? You know, that's awesome. How, how are we going to handle this? You know, matches like everyone, it, it was more, more so about the matches, I would say, because, you know, the, the, the promos and anything backstage was, you know, that's essentially business as usual. I mean, I'm right. My, me yesterday with uh, Michael Cole and triple H. I mean, I have a headset on, you know, the, the live crowd can't hear what I'm, I'm saying anyways, so but right. those guys that were having matches, like it was cool. Everyone was all fired up. Uh two oh five, those guys killed it. They they really got after it. I mean, everyone worked as if, you know, it was a it was a packed house. But yeah, like backstage everyone was kinda hanging out, waiting for this thing to start so we could see uh how it was gonna be received and whatnot. No, it was uh, it was received very well. If you were paying attention to social media, it seemed like everyone really appreciated the effort. I think everyone recognized that the show was uh, adapting, and the and the situation is fluid. So again, well done to everyone involved, including yourself. That that spot with Michael Cole and, and Triple H was absolutely awesome. And, and the reason that spot <laughs> existed, well, Mojo, it was because you came out to announce that your best friend, the one Rob Gronkowski, former tight end of the New England Patriots, is going to be appearing on SmackDown next week obviously a lot of rumors you know ESPN reporting that that Rob is going to be coming over to the WWE I guess I'll just ask you this I mean I'm sure you've talked to him on some level we know that you're hype mojo but if there's anyone in the sports world that is hyper than you or at least on par it is your buddy Gronk so how excited is he for this opportunity and and how do you see this all playing out in the weeks ahead well I'll tell you what man this has been a long time coming. And, and to be honest, I, I don't know how it's going to go because everything's been back and forth. Everything's been changing. Everyone's schedules are just out. It, it's just hard to hard to manage every everything. And, uh, you know, I don't know what's going to happen exactly with Gronk. We do know that he'll be there next week. I mean, honestly, he's still working through, it, through a few things, and especially given everything that's happened recently, that has also thrown a wrench sure. in a couple of uh, things we were hoping for. But, uh I tell you what, this has been a really, really long time coming. So I've been with WWE since July 2012. Me and Rob have been talking about doing something here for years before then. You know, because I I grew up with his family. His dad is the one that got me my job with WWE. He was college roommate with Mike Rotunda at Syracuse. They played ball together. So that's kind of how all this got started. I was a free agent in the NFL, and we're all, you know, kind of hanging out watching watching raw and you know everyone was like dude mojo you need a, or dean it was dean at the time dean you need a you need to go to the wwe man like you know you're a free free agent right now you're not under contract and it's kind of one of those things where it's like man hell yeah go do that but you know you don't know how to get in but sure made the connect and that was there from then like you know every party we've been going to over the years we've been like beating on each other and chopping each other. I made Rob probably chop me until his hand broke before I signed with WWE. I was like, I got to toughen up. And then everyone would be out partying. They'd rip a funnel. We'd start chopping the hell out of each other. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's just what we, we, we've done. And as far as bringing them over, I mean, like I said, man, this is, this is a decade in the making. Easy. Yeah. And right now, like, you know, you know, it's the, the, the time's right. And, and one thing that, 
that Rob and I both said about this is if we do this, we don't want to half-ass it. We don't want this to be one of these things where, like, you know, you show up and you do a day and you peace out. Like, you got to come in. You got to train. You got to learn how to do this. I don't want you to embarrass yourself. I don't want you to embarrass me. You know, the WWE Universe, they're, they're, they're unforgiving. They're awesome. They're passionate. But, man, they'll let you hear it. If, if yeah, they will. Up, as we all know. So <laughs> he wants to do this the right way. And that's why he's kind of been waiting longer on getting all of this done is so he could really put in the time. He wants to fly in and get weeks in at the Performance Center and really get as, as great as he can be. And to be honest, man, he's he's been doing film studies and watching me behind the scenes and, you know, really following along. I mean, he was one of those guys that wow. we used to have shows at the old FCW building and we'd have five fans in the stands. You'd look out, and, and one would be Rob Gronkowski. <laughs> wow. You know what, Mojo? You you talked about, you know, partying and y'all chopping each other and funneling. I, I mentioned before you came on, I was like, if we had to, we could talk for an hour about the party scene with Mojo because he is a bona fide <laughs> champ when it comes to getting <laughs> the party in. And Hell I yeah. wanted, I want to know, like, is it? Is it slow in the party scene right now? Are people still out getting it in? Um, well, yeah, they're still getting it in. <laughs> they, might, <laughs> they might be getting it in even more now because there's nothing else to do, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, idle idle hands, Bojo. Idle hands. <laughs> the other thing yeah. is uh, I heard a, a comment from, you know, one of the sports people that, um, Rob could come in and how is he going to integrate with the locker room? Uh, do you think that he'll come in with a, a diva type of personality and all of this? And I, I said right away, no, I I met the guy a dozen times and every time he's a salt of the earth, he comes up and shakes hands and introduces himself like people don't know who the hell he is. Like he is an honorable, <laughs> respectful guy. Um, I don't, I don't see any problems in the future. Um, how do you feel about the way Rob, Rob will um, factor in in the locker room? Uh, I, I'm, I'm right there with you, man. Rob is one of the most humble people I know. He's not going to come in with an ego and and an entourage and just taking everything for granted. I mean, he he wants to come in and, and work. He wants to do it right and. You know, like, he, he knows how it is. He, he worked his way up from the bottom, too. He was a nobody once. So, you know, coming into a locker room, you gotta you got to act like you're a nobody because, really, he's the man in football. But in, in, in WWE, he's in a locker room. He's a nobody. He hasn't done anything yet. But I think that the well, guys can appreciate that he's been a fan since day one, that he supported us from those FCW days when there was four people uh, in the arena, that, that he has done some work with us in the past, and that he's that he's here to work. Of course, there's going to be some guys that are that are jealous of all the limelight and attention that he's getting. Guys that think that you know they should have it instead of him. But you know that's the thing with our show. There's there's a spot for everybody, and you know I think the team does a great job of of putting together a show that allows for opportunities for everyone. And him being here is going to create opportunities for any future opponents or or anyone to be in a very uh, limelit position, that's for damn sure. But I, I don't foresee any issues with that 
with that at all. Awesome. He, he wants to come in and do this right. Good well, stuff. I, man, Good I, I want to let you know, man, we appreciate you coming on. I know you got stuff to do. And, uh, you know, just respect, man. Uh, big up to you and everybody else that performed last night. Uh, it was it was awe-inspiring, and, and we're happy to have you on the show. Hopefully, man, we can have you on again, man. We're, we're, we're out here on Saturday mornings. We're trying to keep the, keep the love going in the, in the world of pro wrestling and, and pro wrestling <laughs> talk. Uh, Ryan McKinnell, my, my brother from another mother over there, is um, uh, just as passionate about pro wrestling as I am. And that's hype. that's saying a lot. Hype. So, that's right. We stay uh, we stay we, hype, we, Mojo. Hype. We, we we stay hype on the radio, Mojo. And uh, <laughs> I, I just want to thank you. I want to thank you for coming on. Yes, guys. I want to thank y'all for having me. This was fun. This was awesome. And Mark, on a personal note too, I want to thank you for always looking out for me. You know, especially from day one, showing me uh, when not to be too hyped and too crazy, where it's going to get me into trouble. <laughs> that happens. And, uh, yeah, man, just, just overall being so awesome to me and my family over the years. Really appreciate it. So it was my you pleasure to be it. on, and it'll be my pleasure to be back on whenever y'all want, baby. There you go, man. All hey, right, Mojo, baby. go. And we hope you get that uh, vacation in the Bahamas soon too, man, all right? <laughs> maybe maybe <laughs> next year. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, maybe next year. Maybe in another <laughs> lifetime. The one and only Mojo Riley. We appreciate it. That man is one of the hypest men in the business, and you really hear the passion there in that interview through through the business that he has and the love that he has for the business. Like what you're hearing? Catch Busted Open live Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156 or on demand with the Sirius XM app. Joining us right now, it was a historic night on SmackDown. There was no crowd in attendance, but the WWE brought the entertainment nonetheless. No one does it better than the E, if you will. And one man who was in attendance, as we talk about bringing the entertainment, well, he is the WWE's resident rock star. You know who he is. We always walk with him. We love him. We know him. He is Elias. What's up, Elias? How you doing, pal? Oh, man. Thank you for the intro. Appreciate that, guys. Crazy night last night, right? Right, man. Wasn't, it was it was crazy, <laughs> but it was crazy good. Yes, it yeah. was. So uh, you know, I didn't get to see the the entirety of the show. We had a lot of running around and everybody figuring out how to do things. Um, but I got to tell you, just what a what an interesting environment having no fans there, but still running the TV show. Uh, you know, exactly like you would uh, in any arena, just without the audience. Right. And Elias, we just had Mojo on a little while ago. I'd got to catch up with him and get his vibes. I mean, both of you guys, I mean, you came from the performance center, right? Like, yeah. I know Mojo still spends a lot of time there. It was a home for you at different points. Uh, I'm just very curious. Uh, I kind of asked Mojo, he said the vibe was, it was different, right? It was kind of like people didn't know what to expect. I'm just kind of curious from your headspace as, as you were approaching yesterday with Friday Night SmackDown, kind of knowing what the situation would be. But, but Elias, at the same time, not knowing. I mean, it was unprecedented. I'm just kind of run me through your emotions in the buildup to the show last night and kind of what you were feeling. Yeah, you know, uh, I'm walking in there and, you know, we, we go through a quick little medical check to make sure everybody's good to go. Uh, you know, with everything going on, walking in the front door and you walk in and you just see the, the empty PC arena. But it's just like, um, it, it, you know, it's like it's before we go live. Uh, at SmackDown or Raw, you know, people are out around the ring working on things, thinking up ideas, and it's very much like that. 
And, you know, you just don't know exactly what it's going to be like until you go live. And I think it was maybe who it was a Bailey and Sasha came out live to start SmackDown off. Yeah. And it was just right away, you know, it's interesting cutting promos to no crowd and, uh, you know, Triple H is out there giving a speech and it really feels like, you know, years from now, you're going to look back on this and be like, wow, what a, what a crazy time in WWE. Um, and, you know, and for me, I spent about three years at the performance center right? and I, you know, I've been on the main roster now for about three years. So to go back there, be in that environment. I mean, it's always cool. It's like a safe place for me. Uh, was literally a safe place for WWE last night to, to go back there. And, you know, that's where Elias and, you know, I was the drifter at the time, but that's where it all started for me, you know, working with Dusty Rhodes and everything like that. So it's always cool for me to be in that environment. And that's Triple H's, you know, that's that's his baby right there. So he was he was on top of everything. And he, of course, he played multiple roles on the show last night. Right, right. You talk about those three years. Yes, that was a that was in another life. Elias Sampson, I believe, was that life. <laughs> That's yes. right, a different different name at the time. Uh-huh. Yes, that's right, that's right. So uh, we talk about the vibe. I, I am curious, like, afterwards, right? Like, the, of course, there's the lead-up, there's the nerves, there's, there's, there's the questions around what the show was going to be. But I would imagine, uh, Elias, after the show concluded, the pride that you guys must have felt in that locker room and really the whole family at the Performance Center, I, I would imagine it was ample. Of course. I mean, but, and then, you know, so yes, of course, there is pride. We got it done. It's something different. The only, you know, live television really going on. Right. Uh, in the, I don't know, in all of the country, as far as I know. And, um, you know, but the other thing is, the other part of it is like, oh, this is WWE. This is what you expect at this point, you know? Like, WWE is not going down without a fight. And if there's an opportunity, to perform and entertain like WWE is going to do it and they're going to do it better than anybody else. Elias, I'm going to tell you what I was expecting. I was expecting for Elias to have a concert for the fans and then some Yahoo come down and try to break the concert up and it go to blows. Uh, I, I love what happened, but I just want to let you know for future reference um, I want you to stand in their chest, man. Like, let them know, hey, I'm ready. I'm over prepared. I'm, 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 I'm willing to do this because <laughs> yeah. I'm a fan, and you know, I've always been a supporter, and oh, yeah. I've always, I've, I want to see you do well. And you have been doing such an incredible job, man. And it's, and, and you've not been always in the title picture. You've not always been uh, the number one contender. But you have a really strong presence on the show always, and people know that name. They know who you are. And when you're standing in the middle of that ring and you're singing and performing and wrestling, and we talk about being overprepared, how many hours do you spend playing the guitar and practicing your songs? Dude, first off, Mark, thank you so much for saying that, man. I got to tell you, and I can remember talking to you guys, you know, a year ago or something, man. It's like I am begging for the opportunity to be, you know, even even further along where I am. And you know what? It's great. I'm on television every week, and people know Elias. Uh, but I tell you what, man, I feel like I'm capable of even more 
and I want that. I want to be there, and you believe believe me mm. when I tell you I am pushing for that on all aspects to the point where people might be getting upset with me. I'm pushing so hard, Mark. I promise. <laughs> I love it. So, but that said, man, listen. I, I the, the good thing is, is I have a passion for playing music and and playing guitar, and I'm always always thinking of, of new ways to know, you know, new riffs, sit there, jam around on my guitar, new ways to interact with the crowd, new catchphrases, whatever it may be. So, you know, I'm just waiting for, you know, for the door to open up just a little bit so I, I can bust through. You know what I'm saying, man? That, that's all I'm asking for. Go get you it, know, man. Go get it. it Elias, you know, Mark brought up, uh, you know, as he's there complimenting you, and, and you are, he's right, you are you are a staple of television, right? But, you know, he talks about being in the contender picture, you know, a titleist and all that, and then and then you talk about wanting to ask more and essentially the, or, or asking for more, and essentially the, the, the squeaky wheel doesn't get the grease or whatever that saying is. I'm terrible with the with the cliches. But, but Elias, the, the, the sentiment remains. I am kind of curious, though, uh, in terms of, obviously, you know, your career, your passion, and wanting to do more how do you kind of balance those I, I don't want to put words in your mouth so I don't want to say disappointments but when you know you can do more and it's maybe not happening in the way that you want I am very curious as to you as a performer how you kind of balance that and kind of I guess stick to your North Star if you will well you know what man um, I always kind of have this this hope that holds out that like you know what soon enough Every, they're going to hear the crowd. They're going to see what's going on, and they're going to go, "All right, it's time to you know pull the trigger, so to speak, with, with right. Elias and, and make this happen." And uh, you know, w- without giving too much away here, you know, I had a big, a, uh, a very big, I guess, disappointment here as far as like WrestleMania coming up, man. You know, I thought I thought some things were really going to happen for Elias. Things went one way or another, and yeah. uh, you know, we're, we're not so sure what's going on now, but. You know, I have to check myself sometimes. Some things are out of my control. What I can control is my performance when I'm on television. And if I can give 100% and and stand out in some way or another, sooner or later, it's going to break through, man. And I just got to hold true to that. You know, that hard work pays off things. Squeaky wheel gets the grease, all of it, you know. Well, I mean, I I think 100%. I think that you're you're doing everything that – you can do within your power and it's up to them to realize like you know what this is the perfect time for Elias to shine we yep. need yep. we need time field as well as content that's entertaining without mm-hmm. a crowd Dude, you know you, you don't I need a crowd you, man. <laughs> I, I can, I'm telling you you put me in that spotlight, in the middle of that ring, and you have no crowd or you have 80,000 people, I can keep, you know, I can keep the audience entertained for a good period of time, you know? Oh, I know you can, and I look forward to, to seeing that. Uh, last night, um, the interactions that you had in the back, I think that if they had a crowd, if there was a crowd, you yeah. would have got some of the best reactions because I'm mm-hmm. sitting here watching you popping. I mean, I was losing my shit last night. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, like, hey, you have become so funny, man. Like, uh, I mean, any time that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm fancy myself as a, uh, as a comedic writer at times. So, like, if you, 
you you have some thoughts about you know maybe doing something i'd be more than happy to interject my opinion but uh just to be an ear to bounce off of you know i'm here for you yeah oh dude i appreciate that man i really do appreciate it like i just i just really feel if um you know they really allow elias to open up on television and things like that we could really uh break some ground there man so i, I appreciate that mark do you did you remember watching um Mr. Rogers as a kid? Yeah, of course. Like Mr. Rogers he he had a, a bit of an audience. I think it was like 40 people or something in the studio. Mm-hmm. But he was primarily an entertainer singing like educating oh, yeah. kids and doing all this stuff by himself. He was a one man show. And I can I can see Elias being a one man show, and being it being what we need in a time like this. We need to laugh. We need to be entertained, sing songs, and then we need to have you kick people like uh, Baron Corbin's ass. Yeah, when when they interrupt. <laughs> Is there you. a way I could get you to? Uh you know, somehow get get right in the show next week or something like that. I, 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 hey, I brother, if I was writing the show, on. they'd be like, why, why are you so Elias heavy? Because yeah. like, he's entertaining. We've got, we've got eight segments for Elias this week. What's up with that? <laughs> Hey, Elias, I, I want to ask you, this Mark talks about hour-long concerts and what may lie ahead for uh, Elias, I, I am kind of curious, man. I, I Listen, it looks like the, the, for the foreseeable future, a lot of these shows are going to be emanating from the performance center. So I'm, I'm kind of curious, how, how do you think the next few weeks play out and, and what's your excitement level? I mean, this is this is probably only going to happen once, and, and I, know it, I know it comes on the backdrop of a really uncertain time in, in not just American history, but world history but it does offer interesting opportunities for the wwe brand going forward so i'm just kind of curious your thoughts on the weeks ahead no you know that's that's it man and now they did it they knocked it out uh we did our television so i can only imagine it's going to get better now that they figured out uh you know exactly what it's going to be like so for however long it may be two weeks four weeks six weeks uh we'll see and there's a lot of opportunities you know and just because we're not in front of a crowd doesn't mean there's opportunities for guys to get over, show right. different sides of themselves, um, wh- whatever it may be. Their opportunities are there, and as far as I'm concerned, it's up to you know WWE and, and the team to present those opportunities and and get creative with the situation. And who knows, man? I mean, this this could be a whole new way to to do television in the future. You know, and I think about. Uh business when it comes to uh things like this happening now the wwe realizes we own a, a, a the performance center we don't need to book the pepsi center we don't need to book the compact center like you you, you name it we could we could do it on our own so you're going to save money you're going to be able to entertain and and you know what like you could do that from anywhere. You don't have to do it from Orlando at the Performance Center. It, they could open up another center in Texas. They could open one in New York or wherever. And yeah, only only do the shows out of those two or three facilities and save millions of dollars. So, man, uh, I, I, what I do mean, you think about that? I mean, you know, if you're speaking to WWE's pockets, then you're, you're saying the right words, right? Like, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
you know, I'm like, and that's exactly it. And I think in the end, the ratings will kind of speak for themselves, which that's going to be very interesting um, yeah. to me, you know, what, what that's going to end up being given all the situations of last night, but certainly, man, if they can put out a quality TV uh, product that, you know, it's professional wrestling. It's it's just like studio wrestling, right? Which is what it used to be, uh, right? Years and years ago. So it's like there's obviously just better. something to that. <laughs> just better, yeah. as Mark said. Just you know, you're, not, you're not wrong, Mark. You're not wrong. It was very interesting. I kind of said leading into this, I felt like you know this got a real opportunity to feel like NWA Power, which is obviously a studio show uh, now, and uh, obviously there's a little bit more crowd there, but it, it's still. It, it, my point is, is it, it, it offered an opportunity for the WWE to adapt. And Elias, that's kind of what I want to end on. We saw it a little bit with Triple H on commentary last night, right? Like the free flowing nature of it. It was very clear that. They weren't exactly sure where they wanted to go. And I'm very curious, as a performer, right, there's always conversation, especially, you know, on pro wrestling shows, about scripted versus unscripted promos. You obviously exist in a realm where, you know what I mean, it's probably a little more scripted because obviously you're singing and you know where where it's supposed to go. I'm just very curious to where you stand on the scripted versus unscripted and how you thought that, that played out last night on SmackDown. Um, first off, if you felt it, then that's a good thing because you yes. want to feel like you're, you know, you're watching something organic and you don't want to think, I mean, Triple H is up there doing the whole thing and, you know, <laughs> it's not like he's, you know, memorizing a script and, and repeating that. And that doesn't feel good. You know, wrestling is very much about right. the way it feels. And, uh, I've been, you know, I've been lucky enough to be able to create a lot of my own verbiage and things like that because of my character so i'm all for uh less scripting and more of allowing the wrestlers to kind of find themselves you know and uh in doing so it's like you you know it'll be sink or swim and then you you really will create the best of the best in doing so that way so um yeah i'm all for it man less scripting more more letting the guys speak from their heart and saying the words they would say I like it. You know, Elias, I, 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 my 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 co-host over there, Ryan McKinnell, mentioned world news, and this this is a point in history that'll be remembered forever and ever and ever to the end of time. Do you ever feel like, wow, the 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 seriousness and the impact that what y'all are doing is making history? Oh, yeah. And I can tell you, you know, myself and, and Sami Zayn, we we go on talks for hours and hours at times. But, man, we uh, we definitely had a moment last night where we're like, wow, there's really I mean, it's a, a really wild time in just the world. And here we are. We're a part of this. And, you know, take away anything else you want to. We're doing something that and the whole world is kind of aware of it. Uh, in the midst of a really crazy time. And so, yeah, I was, I was certainly aware of that as it was going on. Well, Elias, we appreciate it. Yeah, and I and I mirror what um, Mark said. We would be doing the This is the Awesome chant here. Uh, but no, we do mirror it. It was a great show last night, especially uh, given the circumstances. We look forward to what's ahead, man. And a tip of the cap to you for pulling it all together and putting on a great show last night yourself. And and, and again, for joining us here today. I know it's a Saturday. I'm sure thank, you got better you, things. Yeah, I'm sure you got better things you'd want to be doing than jumping on this show. So we do appreciate it, man, and giving us a few minutes.
No way, dude. This is great. Thank you guys for having me on. I always love talking wrestling. Mark, it's always great talking with you. Ryan, appreciate it, man. So, yeah, you guys have a great one. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. A lot of people think you need a car to enjoy SiriusXM, but you don't. You can listen outside the car. Right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Just go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. You can listen on your phone, at home, and online. That's SiriusXM.com slash busted. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. It is time for our weekly winner. Mark, how do you want to do this? You want to do like paper, rock, scissors to see who goes first? You want to go first? Oh, oh. I'm going to have to go. I'm going to go and let you (laughs) uh, debunk my idea as you did last week. All right, shoot. So, uh, I'm I'm gonna start off with um, with Raw. I thought Raw was a good show. Um, it was so many interesting things that happened. Um, then we went to AEW, which um, you know what? It wasn't my favorite show that they've done. Uh, I agree. It was probably yeah. my least favorite show of the year uh, so far. Uh, AEW was strong, uh, really strong show. But those were contenders for what happened last night. Last night was an innovative show. It was something that had never been done before. And we talked about how many times in life do you get the chance or opportunity to talk about never happening in pro wrestling. Hmm. Not very often. Yeah. So that being said, last night never happened. And it went over with gro- glowing, glowing praise and success. Uh, Triple H is a Hall of Fame guy. But never have I seen him in the capacity uh, that he was in last night with the humor, with the calling wrestling from the announce table. Um, he didn't have to wrestle to get over. He got over. And then you had the women that started with no crowd and had me reacting in my house like I was there. And the promos from... Sami Zayn and from Cesaro and the interaction with Mojo Riley. There was not a weak point on the show, and I haven't even talked about the thing that's the most impressive to me was how John Cena was able to come back and have a promo segment that was equally as good as some of his greatest matches. Yeah. And then curtailing that was Bray Wyatt, who came in and it was theater in the park. It was Shakespearean. He did subtle things like change his tone and tell a story about how he became to be who he is in an emotional way that was educational 
to a fan if you had never watched one episode of the WWE this year and you listened to Bray Wyatt, you knew what happened the whole year. Yeah. In a matter of a few minutes. And how he went from talking to John Cena with his head down to focusing on John Cena's eyes and then talking at him, telling them how he emotionally felt and how he pulled everybody in. And then he, how he started to verbally abuse John Cena without getting vulgar. He's just going to be, I'm going to slaughter you. And, and you don't even know it. And there's nothing you could do to stop it. And, that, and I, so I have to say that last night, SmackDown was my weekly winner. And, uh, I mean, it, it, was, it was just very, very hard for me not to give it to him. Uh, NXT was a close second. Raw um, and AEW for the first time, I think, ever. Uh, was last on my list. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. I mean, Raw was Raw was r- good from the standpoint that Edge was outstanding. Like he, 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 when he came back and he he chokes out MVP at the end there, he hits him with the spear. Obviously, that was all very compelling. Um, you know, the, the Garza match and Mysterio that was good. Uh, there, there was good stuff on it, but yeah, nothing that I could have it jump ahead to the weekly winner. And listen. I know, again, I'll I'll go back to SmackDown because, Mark, I'm not debunking anything. Uh, SmackDown is definitely my weekly winner this week because of the chaos they had to deal with, the show that was pulled off, the, the, the ramifications surrounding the show, and really the way everybody delivered from Triple H to Miz and Morrison to John Cena and Bray Wyatt. Everyone really came out and knocked it out of the park. Elias, everybody, everybody. Mojo smacking around Michael Cole. I thought that was really entertaining after he shook the headset off his head and he was all hyped up, right? Like there were moments throughout the show that I really enjoyed. And, I, and I'll go back because I know people thought the elimination replay, elimination chamber, excuse me, replay was terrible and they didn't like it. Again, this is a fluid situation. You know, there's, there's a pandemic sweeping the nation. WWE had to put this show together. I'm sure things didn't go as exactly as they planned. So that's probably why we saw that match um i'm not going to hold that against them i understand why that had to happen no and it was still a really really good show all things considered and again for what really boosted it for me at being the weekly winner which i probably i probably would have had nxt there if it weren't for the circumstances of the way this show played out but with Mm -hmm. the fact is is it did play out this way and the circumstances are what they were so uh smackdown definitely gets my weekly winner i want to go back to what you were talking about and what really i think put an authoritative stamp on the on the show in general was the ending and it was that back and forth between wyatt and john cena john cena started that promo by essentially talking and I thought this was really interesting for this feud specifically, Mark, because I didn't think they were going to go this way, right? It was very much John Cena attacking, you know, Bray Wyatt personally. Not yeah. the fiend, As, not even... Not the fiend. Not Bray even Bray Wyatt. Wyatt. Not even Bray Wyatt, the character. I mean, this was very much a shot. It felt like at Rotunda from the standpoint that he was like, this dude is lazy. He had the whole world given to him. 
Yes, not yeah. in shape. I mean that took that took a very interesting, almost almost a shoot feel, which I thought was really interesting for this feud going forward. Mark, do you think this was always a planned part of the feud, or do you think this was a bit of an adaption due to the circumstances? Because I, I got to be honest, I really enjoyed it. You know what? I think that it, it was an adaption. I think yeah. that it's an added layer, and now you have maybe a month of shows where you can tell backstories, that you can uh, point out something that you may not have had the opportunity on television to do because everything's kind of rushing. There's not enough time. Well, we got time now. Yeah. So slow down and let's get descriptive. Let's just tell everybody exactly what it is that they're seeing. And if we don't tell them, then let somebody as good and as talented as John Cena and as talented as Bray Wyatt get out there and perform at a level to where everything is self-explanatory. And last night, didn't, didn't you get stuff that you were just like, wow. Yes. I can't believe he said that. Yep. And listening to Bray Wyatt be so descriptive in how he was telling how he came to be, how he was broken in so many pieces and so scattered and couldn't focus. But the theme pulled all that together for him. Bro, I I just couldn't believe it. I I thought that um, this was arguably the best work that Bray Wyatt ever did. And and to say that Mm. is heavy, heavy praise because – he has really done some amazing work over the last year and a half. Uh, uh, the last year and a half, Mark, I would go back a lot further than that. I, I, I actually, as we're talking about Bray Wyatt, I, I, I thought about the documentary that aired this week on the network, or I guess last, no, it was after Monday Night Raw, the FCW documentary, and it, it chronicled essentially the birth of NXT, what we're living today, and, 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 the, and, the, and the journey of many wrestlers, uh, the likes of Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns, but also one of the journeys they talked about was the journey of Bray Wyatt. Mark, I remember when Bray, when the vignettes started running at FCW, for Bray Wyatt, who was coming off of become, I think he was Husky Harris in NXT. This was a complete yeah. repackaging of Bray. And then he was this Bayou. I mean, for most of you guys remember, right? The white pants, the Miami look, the floral shirt, the fedora. But he had this, the, these promos that he was cutting, these menacing promos. And in one of the promos, he talked about this, this, this guy who, who died in a boat fire on a lake and this, and the, and the, 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 the shady circumstances surrounding it. And then he drops the bomb hey that guy was my dad like essentially that Bray Wyatt has burned his father alive in a boat it was just so menacing it was so real Mark he had that ability to captivate as Bray Wyatt the moment he stepped on the scene and he has never let off the gas that dude has been on every time he steps in front of our television Bray Wyatt delivers and that is an incredible endorsement and an incredible endorsement from you when you say that might have been the best thing he's ever done I don't disagree it might have been it speaks volumes to how talented Bray Wyatt is and and you know what we've talked about it when Elias was on that there are going to be guys that are going to step into this more Broadway-esque 
more you have more time to be explanatory about what you're trying to get across to the people at home that are looking right. through the television. Um, they're going to be guys that haven't got an opportunity that are now going to get that opportunity because they can captivate and they can go out there without it being uh, so scripted. Uh, finally, gonna, people are going to get what they want. They're going to get people out there that are going to be, I mean, straight up pipe bomb. They're going to be shifting gears yeah. to get people to realize, hey, I'm who I am, and this is who I am, and this, I'm here to stay. Like, Elias is one of those guys. Yeah. You know, Sami Zayn is one of those guys. We're going to see more of them. We're going to see more of the guys like Drew Golak. Like, there, there's – I mean, Drew McIntyre and Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman, that that whole dynamic. Seth Rollins, you could throw him out there. Like, there, there's there's going to be guys, but there's also going to be guys that haven't got that mainstream opportunity, uh, like the Street Profits. Yeah. You could you throw the Street Profits out there, and listen, Montez Ford is spectacular. There, there's going to be guys that are that we're gonna we're gonna look at a month from now and go, wow, WrestleMania's kind of changed. <laughs> it kind of changed because guys are going to get over. Yeah. So I'm, I'm looking forward yeah. to that. Well, speaking of WrestleMania, coming up next, we're going to dive into the possibilities surround WrestleMania. Listen, I know a lot of you guys are talking about it. A lot of you guys are thinking about it. We're in the same boat, right? We don't have any answers necessarily. We can predict, obviously, everything that's going on. We can kind of assume what might happen, but we don't really know. We're going to get to that coming up next. But before we do, Mark, as we talk about the weekly winner going to SmackDown, I agree. You know, weekly winner does usually give us a chance to talk about some other shows in the professional wrestling world. I, I did want to get your thoughts on one thing in particular. I thought AEW was a, was a fun show. I agree with you. It wasn't the best they've done. But, you know, that main event with Hangman and, and Dustin Rhodes taking on Jericho and, and Guevara, that was that was fun. And there were other moments throughout it. But one of the moments that I, I thought really stood out, and again, I want to get your opinion, Lance Archer uh, making, I guess, what was his debut in uh, AEW, at least appearing on camera for the first time. And we do find out that he is going to be the protege, if you will, of one Jake the Snake Roberts. Mark, I, I said before we found out that this was going to happen you know there was talk of potentially Luke Harbour Brody Lee coming back and maybe doing something whatever the case may be maybe they would use somebody else in that spot I thought Archer made perfect sense from the standpoint that he's not Brody Lee he's not uh, Luke Harper in the sense that he, he he wasn't on WWE TV he wasn't really on North American TV I didn't think Luke Harper would need that sort of rub Lance is coming from New Japan he's menacing he's got that sort of vibe where he can remain quiet and meanwhile you can have Jake the Snake come in and really lay it on thick, right? Really build that menacing character. I guess what I'm saying, I love the pairing of those two. I'm very curious as to hear your thoughts. Man, I, I can't wait. I, I think that you're right in the sense that uh, everybody that's ever been uh, somebody that you brought up and said, hey, this is who it is, they were former WWE guys. And and Lance was with uh, the Performance Center for yeah, he was Coffee. Like, that was to say about a year, right? Yeah, he was there yeah. for a little while, and they didn't use him. So he took his ball and went to Japan and made a name sure. for himself. Yeah, And justifiably so, go, go, go to work. And now he's going to be able to have a new leash on life with a big medium to tell people who he is. 
I, I would say that he didn't get an introduction. I think he was just introduced. An introduction is making a moment, making a presence be known, mm-hmm. and he didn't get to do that. He just sat there. Right. So let's let's see what the future holds for for Lance. I think that with somebody like Jake Roberts at his side, um, and Lance can talk. Sure. Like, he can talk. So these two polarizing characters are going to make for some good television for yeah. AEW. And, and, and who knows what else is coming down the pipeline for AEW. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.